Uh, welcome to the online ministry of the sermons at Coastal Community Church, and we are so grateful you took time to, to watch this sermon. One of the things that uh, we have a deep conviction of here at Coastal Community Church is that this online sermon that you're downloading or streaming is, is, a, is a supplement to your spiritual growth, and we, we think it's real important that you're a part of a local church. So uh, even as you watch this sermon, and I hope it encourages you and challenges you, uh, I hope that you'll find a local church. Uh, if you live in the Hampton Roads area, I hope that you'll consider checking out Coastal Community Church. We have three services on Sunday morning, uh, 8.15, 9.45, and 11.15. And uh, so we'd love for you, for you to join us at one of those services. I do want to introduce our new sermon series uh, that we're doing. We're taking some time going through First Timothy. We entitled the series Guarding the Gospel. And uh, the Apostle Paul uh, mentors a young pastor, Timothy, uh, and he t- talks to him about how to establish a church so that the gospel of Christ can be guarded in a sense that it's pure uh, and kept true and so that it can be um, brought to a lost and dying world. So I hope you'll enjoy this series through Timothy, Guarding the Gospel. You guys can have a seat. Good morning, Coastal Church. Good to see you this morning. Is it me? Am I on? I don't know. Yeah, there we go. Good morning. How are you this morning? I'll tell you what... um, I hope this is a place of rest for you this morning. Life's tough, right? And there's something about gathering corporately with your brothers and sisters in Christ and focusing on the Lord for a few moments, man. It just lightens your heart, doesn't it? Anybody else? Just me. Man, it's great, man. And really, when, you, when you're worshiping Christ, the, the worries of the world, we all have them. They do grow dimmer, and they hold less of a hold on us, and... Uh, and that's why we do this week in and week out. So thank you, worship team. Do me a favor if you have your Bible, okay? Turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 2. If you don't have a Bible, there's one in a chair in front of you. If you don't own a Bible, take that one with you, okay? We'd love for you to have a copy of the Word of God inside of your handout. Inside of your bulletin is a handout. I'd love for you to grab that, follow along. And uh, we're doing a series this summer called Guarding the Gospel, and uh, we're going through 1 Timothy, and I believe 1 Timothy is a, is a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to a young pastor named Timothy. It's ministered to me for well over a decade, and I've always wanted to preach through it, and so that's what we're doing this summer, and I believe it's a great instruction to a local church on how to build a church, what a church should be teaching, how a church should be organized, what corporate worship should look like, so that a church is a healthy place for the gospel of Jesus Christ to be taught in his community, okay? And so that's why we're doing this this summer. I don't don't know if you've ever uh, had a child which... Uh, that has had some form of danger that needed immediate medical attention, right? And and how you responded as a parent. Uh, A couple weeks ago, uh, my youngest son had an allergic reaction. And it was one of those ones where you're like, this is serious, right? And he swelled up all over. His skin was bright red. His eyes were bulging out of his head. And at that moment, I said, son... You need to get into the vehicle. He got into the vehicle. I had to, as a parent, I had to make a choice. You know, do we do we call nine one one or would it be quicker to try to drive to the hospital uh, yourself for some kind of a medical attention? We get in the vehicle, and I'm going to just tell you, I know there's a lot of uh, police officers in our body, so I'll just say that I stretched the law, okay? Because <laughs> there was a sense of urgency. 
I mean, it was, in my opinion, it potentially had the uh, chance to be life or death. And we drove as quickly as we could to the hospital. All the while, I'm looking at my son going, are you okay? Are you breathing? Are you breathing? Are you breathing? Right? Have you ever been there? Probably, right, if you raise kids. There was an urgency. Because life was in the balance. And I behaved in such a way that, man, this really matters. And church, this morning I hope as we look at this text that you will have a sense of urgency this morning. Because the Apostle Paul gives us a sense of urgency. We've been unpacking this text and the Apostle Paul transitions now from the gospel message to the corporate worship service of the church. And what I find fascinating in this text is that there is a sense of urgency for people that don't know Christ. Maybe maybe you've been attending Coastal Community Church and you haven't yet received Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. Let me encourage you, maybe today's the day. What are you waiting for? Maybe you're here today and you're a Christian and your eternity is secure, but man, you have lost a sense of passion for people that don't know Christ. My hope this morning is to change that a little bit, to challenge you. We all have this season on earth called life, right? And it, I don't know how long or how short it is for each of us, but we have this moment, these moments on life to make a difference for the kingdom of God. I want you to leave here this morning with a commissioning. You're a missionary. It's not for them out there. It's for us that call ourselves Christians to be on mission. And so Paul writes this in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and understand the truth. For there's one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man, Christ Jesus. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. This is the message God gave to the world at just the right time. And I've been chosen, Paul says, as a preacher and an apostle to teach the Gentiles this message about faith and truth. I'm not exaggerating. I'm just telling you the truth. In every place of worship, I want men to pray with holy hands lifted up to God, free from anger and controversy. Let me draw a couple points out of this this morning. First of all, I believe that Paul encourages us to pray for the salvation of all people. And he, he, he does this with a sense of passion. He wants us to have a passion for all people. He says, I urge you to pray for all people. The idea here is to pray for all classes of people, all races of people. We should be praying for our neighbors. We should be praying for our coworkers. We should be praying for our classmates. 
Parents, we should be praying for our children. Grandparents, you should be praying for your children and your grandchildren. We should be praying for our parents. If you're here this morning and you have a parent that doesn't know the Lord, you should be praying for them. If you have a grandparent that doesn't know the Lord, you should be praying for them. We should be praying for the people we don't like very much. There's only two people that have someone in their life they don't like very much. They'll be praying, okay? We should be praying for our government officials. We should be praying for other countries. And we should be praying that all people everywhere come into a relationship with God's Son, Jesus Christ. With a sense of passion and with a sense of urgency. That's what we should be praying, according to the Apostle Paul. And I want to tell you something, church. And I, I, I'm okay. I want, it's okay to pray for medical conditions, but that's all we ever pray for, I feel like. And listen, when I have a medical condition, I'm going to my prayer warriors and I'm saying, pray for the medical condition, okay? But man, there's something deeper going on than just praying for your broken toe, all right? There is an eternal perspective that we have to have as believers. And we have to have a sense of urgency. And here's the deal, like none of us gets out of this thing alive, right? None of us. So what should we really be praying for? People's eternity. Yes. Eternal life. And Paul says, pray that everyone everywhere would know our Savior, Jesus Christ. How would that revolutionize your prayer life? I love the song, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus, because it changes my prayers. It changes my prayers. So, man, help me to just make money and pay the bills. And pray, man, my knee hurts. And, you know, and it changes my prayers. Paul says, man, pray for all people with a sense of urgency. He encourages us, by the way, to pray for an environment where the church will flourish. Isn't that interesting? Pray for an environment where churches will flourish. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. Pray this way for kings and for all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God our Savior. When we pray for our government... I think we should be praying for an environment where the church can flourish. Why? Because the church houses the message of the gospel. Paul very closely connects here the idea of a savior and the local church. He concludes by saying, I'm a missionary, essentially, to the Gentiles. To these people that don't yet know about Christ. God has commissioned me to take the church and take the gospel of Christ to places that it hasn't yet been taken. And he's passionate about that. So he says, pray for a government situation where the church can flourish all around the world. That's how we should be praying. Our hearts need to beat with the heartbeat of our God. Our hearts should reflect the heart of God. First Timothy 2, verse 4. I think I have one verse 4 up there. So I may need, I may, once again, Pastor Sean makes a typo. First uh, Timothy 2, verse 4. Talking about our God. He wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. What if your prayers reflected that? 
heart should beat with God, a desire to see all men and all women to be saved. The idea of being saved is to be saved from the penalty of our sin. Wages of sin is what, church? We talked about this last week. Wages of sin is what? It's death, right? That's the penalty of sin. Christ and his gospel saves us. So whenever you're reading your Bible, you come across the word saved, it sounds like a 70s evangelistic campaign, okay? The, the idea is to be saved from the penalty of your sin, and that only happens through the person and work of Christ. And our hearts should beat with our God who desires all people to be saved and to understand the truth. And our prayers should lead us to action. Now, by the way, some people kind of take this verse out of context, okay? Don't do that. There are people that pull this verse out of context and say, you know what, everybody gets in. Everybody's going to heaven. It's a false teaching called universalism, all right? Everybody's going to heaven. Listen, if everybody's going to heaven, why is Paul telling us to have a sense of urgency in praying and taking the message all around the world? Just chillax if everybody gets in. What he's saying is our God's heartbeat is for people to know him. How do we know? Because he loved us so much that he sent his one, he gave us his best gift that we might have salvation. And he wants us to have the heartbeat that he has. And some people take this, dec- and by the way, there's a difference in God between his, his decreed will and his actual, his desires and his decreed purposes, right? And a lot of people get all spun up like, oh, it's so hard to understand. It's not that hard to understand. Like, I do it all the time, all right? I can get up here every week on Monday morning, come in every morning and go, I desire to be on vacation right now, okay? That's my desire, but I'm, a, I'm motivated by bigger purposes, okay? I'm motivated by the calling to pastor the church, and I'm motivated to provide for my family. There's bigger things going on in my life than just vacation, right? There's bigger purposes. It's the same as God has a desire, but there's a decreed will of the Lord that will find its fulfillment in what he's decreed. And so, you know, just like I'm motivated by bigger purposes, so is our God, right? But his heart and his desires for all men and all women of all classes of people to know him. And our heart and our prayers should beat with our God who has sent his son for us. And so Paul lays this out. He says we need to be, there needs to be a sense of urgency in our prayers and in our endeavors. Number two, there's an urgency of the gospel to be spread in this passage. There's an urgency of the message of Christ, which we've unpacked over the last three weeks. And so now Paul, uh, Paul writes to Timothy and says, Timothy, there's an urgency in the gospel to be spread. Check this out. 1 Timothy 2, verse 5. There's one God, and there's one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man Christ Jesus. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. This is the message God gave to the world at just the right time. And I've been chosen as a preacher and apostle to teach the Gentiles this message about faith and truth. I'm not exaggerating. I'm just telling the truth. What does he say here? Ready? There's one way to God. How many times does he say one? One. One. There's one way to God. And that's through the person and work of Christ. Paul here is teaching the exclusivity of Jesus Christ. Yeah, this past week I was driving. I got behind a bumper sticker on a car. It said this. 
God is too big to be contained in one religion. Seen that? Now, it sounds very welcoming. Okay? And it sounds very open-minded. The problem is, if you know anything about multiple religions, they usually have things that are not that are mutually exclusive. Okay, when I went to seminary, we learned what it meant to have logically to have truth. And my professor said, B cannot be both not B and non-B at the same time. I don't know what that meant, but it sounded intelligent. And so I bought in, okay? In other words, it can't be mutually true. See, the whole idea that God is too big to be fit into one religion is asking the wrong question. The question is, what's true? Yes. Um, I would say this. If Christianity is not true, go believe something else. I keep coming back to what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15. If the grave has still got the body of Jesus in it, it's not true. Go believe something else. Yes? But if a dead guy comes back to life, he's worth believing. Islam believes that Jesus is a prophet. That's it. Christianity believes that he's the son of God. God himself, the second person of the Trinity, took on flesh, walked on earth, died for a purpose for the to bear the wrath of our of our sin that we deserve and he rose again to show that he is who he said he was does that make sense b cannot be both b and non b at the same time those two religions are mutually exclusive about what they believe about the person and work of jesus christ it's not about god is so of course god is big the issue is not can all religions contain god the issue is what is true about the person and work of Christ. In church, there's only one way to God. There's only one name that saves people. If you're here today and you're a Bible-believing Christian, I'm going to push you on this, okay? You cannot be a Bible-believing Christian and believe that all roads get to heaven. It's very unmotivating to me. Not all belief systems, believed sincerely, lead you to God. According to this passage, there's one God, there's one mediator, there's one Savior from the wrath of the penalty of our sin, and that's Jesus Christ. And by the way, Christ means the anointed one, this special one sent from God. And this is why our prayers need to be consumed with a sense of urgency for people that don't know Christ. This is why our lives need to be consumed with an urgency of making Jesus famous personally and through our local churches. To make sure that the name of Jesus is lifted up because he's the one mediator between God and humanity. There's a reason I say my name is not a, I'm not a priest. I'm a pastor. I'm called to shepherd this local flock, if you will, okay, to use Bible language. Our high priest is God's son, Jesus Christ. Last week we sang the old hymn. It said our, our anchor holds within the veil. What does that mean? Right? You all sang it. 
It means inside the Holy of Holies, none of us belongs there. The only reason we get to enter into the Holy Presence of God is the person and work of Jesus Christ. And so I am clinging to Christ. He's my anchor. He enters into the Holy of Holies and pleads on my behalf. Isn't that good news? So my anchor holds within the veil because of the person and work of Christ. And so our prayers, man, they must be consumed that Christ is lifted up. The gospel of Jesus Christ, by the way, is sufficient for everyone. The person and work of Christ is sufficient to make sure everyone gets in, but it's efficient for the chosen of God. John MacArthur said this. I have this quote in your hand. I think I have it on the screen. How, how his electing grace and predestined purpose can stand beside his love for the world and desire that the gospel be preached to all people, still holding them, meaning all people responsible for their own rejection and condemnation, is a mystery of the divine mind. I love that. There's a lot of mystery in this passage, and I can't even figure it all out. In fact, truth be told, I'm probably going to disappoint some of you. I'm less concerned about figuring out all the mystery of the Godhead. Whenever someone asks me about some some the thinking of God, I kind of go, I, I don't know. That's what makes him God and not me, right? God is sovereign. He completely rules over everything. That includes salvation, Romans 9 through 11. However, God's heart is for all to be saved, yet not all are saved. It's head scratching, isn't it? The work of Christ is sufficient for all to be saved, yet all are not saved. However, mankind is responsible to repent and believe in the gospel of Christ and to follow him wholeheartedly. Belief in Christ or the rejection of Christ and his gospel has eternal consequences. That's the mystery of the Godhead. When I get out of this passage, when I read all of the mystery of it, and I set the mystery aside, I say, man, I have a responsibility as a follower of Jesus Christ. And the Apostle Paul points this out, to present the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's my calling. To present the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you're here this morning, you're a Christian, you have a calling. That's to present the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul says, I'm a messenger. I'm a preacher. The word preacher means a herald. Someone that brings good news. He's the bringer of good news. And he's challenging us to do the same. He says, I'm, he essentially says, I'm going to go plant churches. And as Christians, we believe, if we believe what the Bible teaches about Christ, he's the exclusive way to God. We as Christians hold his message as dear and life-changing for the entire world. So here's my question. Why are we so passive when take, about taking the message of Christ to the entire world? I mean, if we hold these truths as believers, that Jesus is, is exclusive, that the church of Christ is important, and the message needs to be taken to all the world, why are we so passive about it? I'm going to ask you some tough questions. They're going to be dangerous. Ready? When was the last time you prayed, just prayed, for your lost neighbor to know Christ? I mean, you just took a few minutes to pray for someone that didn't know Jesus as Savior, to your knowledge. 
was the last time you invited someone that didn't know Jesus to come to attend a corporate worship service with you? When was the last time you actually opened your mouth and talked to someone that, to your knowledge, didn't know Christ, and you talked to them about your Savior, Jesus Christ? Because we just all sang about the freedom that we find when we turn our eyes upon Jesus, right? And it's an amazing freedom, right, church? It's an amazing. So why don't we want everyone to know that freedom? Where does that get lost in our heartbeat? When was the last time you uh, downsized your lifestyle to help fund the kingdom to make sure that the gospel of Christ is going forward? Some of you like like three weeks ago, you know, like three weeks ago when we made our pledges and our <laughs> pledge drive. When was the last time you prayed about going on a missions trip? Okay, I want to take the gospel internationally. Coastal believes that I want to be a part of that. Parents, let me ask you something. Are, are you as passionate about your children knowing Jesus Christ as Savior as you are about their hobbies or their education? It's always a head-scratcher to me. Like, Christian parents, like... Parents that would never even think about letting their kids miss English class. And I'll say, hey, you know, I haven't, I'll talk to parents. I haven't seen your kid at youth group. Well, they don't really like to come. Really? My kid don't like to go to English class either. That's not even up for discussion, right? <laughs> Why is this parents were like, well, well, if they don't like it, I guess. And as you're passionate about making sure your kids know Christ, praying for them and their salvation. Because Paul gets really practical here at the end of this passage in verse 8. He says, in every place of worship, I want men to pray with holy hands lifted up to God, free from anger and controversy. By the way, he's drawing attention here to corporate worship, and he says to pray this way. And he says, I, I think this is actually, this is not the universal men. I think it's men specific. I think men are to take the lead in prayer. This is very specific to us men. By the way, too many of us men are leaving this idea of praying to our wives. We're called to take spiritual leadership. And Paul is clear here. He says, man, I want you to take the lead in prayer. And how do you do that? I want you to lift holy hands free from anger and controversy. Lift holy hands free from anger and controversy. And, and, and so is this passage about posture only? It's not about 
posture only. Now, uh, there's nothing wrong with the posture. And by the way, if you're new to coastal or you're new to Christianity, you see people kind of raising their hands when they're singing or they're praying and they're open hand. Like, what is that about? Okay, it's, it's about this idea that you'll find in this verse and some others about the idea of holy hands being lifted up. But the hands are a reflection of other things, right? And we talked about that last week in Mark chapter 9, right? If your hand offends you, what should you do? Right? Why? Because it's the overflow. What your hands do is the overflow of what's going on in your heart. Does that make sense? And so, man, we should be li- lifting up holy hands as a reflection of our behavior and our, and our motives and our heart and our lifestyle. We pray with holy hands. They're a reflection of our lives. And so we take on the posture, great. But it's bigger than just the posture. In, in, in honor to Christ, and, and by the way, you know, again, we talked about this last week. If, you, if you're, uh, the message of the gospel is this. If you're not a believer, you need to cling to Christ because he's your only hope for righteousness. Right? And if you are a believer, you're going to mess up. So guess what? You need to cling to Christ because he's your only hope for righteousness. The message of the gospel is the same for the believer and unbeliever. Cling to Christ. But in clinging to Christ, man, we are molded more and more into the image of Christ. It's not that we'll ever be perfect, but as we're molded in the image of Christ, man, as God convicts us of sin and we repent and we become more like Him, man, we lift holy hands in prayer. And so here's what we're going to do this morning. It's going to go, we're going to get a little weird this morning, ready? So if you're a guest, it's not usually this weird, but this morning it's going to get weird, all right? Because I think it's in the passage, all right? Now, I made a mistake. I didn't communicate well, so here's what we're going to do, okay? On your way out this morning, you're going to get one of these. Uh, It's called a Reach 3 card, okay? But in the meantime, here's what you're going to do. Take your notes out. Everybody get your notes out, all right? We're going to close this sermon this morning by praying for lost people. I want you to get your notes out, and, and I want you to write down right now. I want you to write down three names of people in your life that, to your knowledge, are not followers of Jesus. Okay. Actually, just took a name. I, I call this a Reach Three card. Okay, and there's three people that I pray for regularly. Actually, my card's got about six people on it. I just took a name off this recently because I found out one of the people I was praying for is a believer. I didn't know that. Okay, so I was like, oh, good stuff. Okay, yesterday. I found out another person in my life that's not a believer. I just put them on the card. Huh, I'm going to pray for that person. Okay? So I want you to do that. I want you to list three names that you can be praying for. Parents, you ought to have, one of them ought to be, well, just, it could be, you can lump all the kids, all the kids under one name, just put children. All right? You should be praying for your children. Grandparents, you should be praying for your grandkids. So take a minute, write three names down. Here's why we're doing this, church. Today, this time next year, Lord willing, okay, we're, we're going to be in a, in, a, in a new building, right? And God didn't give us that new building to, to reach church people. Now, if there's some church people to come, great, but... But the goal is there's a whole peninsula of people that don't go to church anywhere and don't know Jesus Christ. 
Why did I get up here and challenge us for seating, parking, and children's space so that we can reach people that don't know Jesus? And it's going to start this morning with us as a church going, man, I'm praying for some people. Does that make sense? So you got your three names, right? So here's what we're going to do, okay? I'm going to give a moment of quiet space, and we're going to pray this morning for these three people. Now, I'm not asking you to lead the congregation, okay? I'm not asking for this to be a prayer spectacle. I'm asking for this to be a quiet moment of prayer. Men, if you're here with your spouse and you're a Christian man, I want you to grab your spouse's hand. I want you to lead your wife in prayer for those three people. Told you it was going to get weird this morning, right? So let's do this, okay? I'm going to give you a quiet moment. If you're with your small group, you're with a friend, I want you to just quietly pray right where you are for the three names that they may know Jesus Christ. We're going to lift holy hands and we're going to pray. So let's do this. Let's have a quiet moment. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come into your presence this morning. Clothed in the righteousness of our Savior, Jesus Christ. He's the only reason we deserve to be in your presence. Heavenly Father, our hearts beat with your heart, with a desire for all men and all women to know you as Savior. Heavenly Father, we sense the urgency this morning. Like having a a sick child that needs to be rushed to the emergency room. God, eternal life is in the balance. We believe that your word teaches that every human being lives for eternity. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of where. And God, we know that Jesus Christ is the dividing line. There's one God and there's one mediator, His Son, Jesus Christ. And yet, God, we tend to be so passive. God, awaken us. God, awaken us to be on mission this week. And this morning, God, we we lift up just three people in our circle, in our sphere of influence, God, that we... We are praying for an opportunity this week to have spiritual conversation. To introduce
our friend, our coworker, our classmate, our grandparent, our parent, our child, to their only hope, Jesus Christ. I pray that you would prepare the hearts, the soil of these folks that we're praying for. I pray, God, we may have an opportunity to invite them to corporate worship of Coastal Community Church. God, you've blessed us with a new home that we'll be moving into within the next year, God. And it provides more seating so that we can be passionate and on mission and invite so that people will hear the life-changing message of Jesus Christ. And so like the Apostle Paul, God, we're on mission. We're a herald. We're a bringer of the good news this week. We pray for the people in our lives, God, daily. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. All right. We're going to do something a little different before we do our offering time this morning. I want to introduce you to a team of people, missions folks that have your orange shirt and some that don't yet have your orange shirt. Would you come forward? Um, Church, one of the things that I'm super passionate about is um, that we... Uh, go on mission as well as be a church that supports missions. And uh, we're about to do our offering time. And uh, one of the things we do at Coastal is uh, we make sure that um, 10 cents of every dollar goes out to missions. Uh, This summer, you guys, Coastal Community Church, are sending over 50 people to two locations uh, on summer missions. Isn't that cool? There's a lot of people up here. We're sending two teams um, to uh, Honduras uh, over a two-week period. One, one team is going to do a lot of um, work with children and with orphans and those kind of things. The second week, the second team is going to do some construction, and they're going to build out that home that you guys purchased at Sparrow Missions. Uh, and there's also a medical team going to Honduras. And then we're sending a team to Bolivia in July. And, uh, and so Pastor Andrew's given leadership to that. And there's a whole team, what, 15? 15 going on that trip? 18. All right, we gained three. See, he prayed for three, and they got three more to go to Bolivia. So there you go. So it's his reach three. So three more going. So, church, I wanted to bring them in front of you. Uh, I wanted you to be praying for them. We just talked about prayer. We talked about missions this morning, taking the name and fame of Christ to every tribe, tongue, and nation. And uh, so be praying for these folks. We're going to pray over them this morning. And uh, and so we'll get some reports from them while they're there. And then when, and when everybody gets back, we'll also do a missions night uh, where they will we'll dedicate the whole evening to them reporting to you about their trip. So I hope you'll plan on attending that as well, okay? So let me do this. Let me pray, and uh, we'll commission them as a church, and we're excited for them to go out. And the first team is leaving next Sunday at 0 dark 30, is my understanding. So I'll uh, leave them very early in the morning. So let's pray, okay? Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for the people standing at the front of the stage this morning and um, their commitment to take Uh, probably some of their vacation time and some of their summer uh, to go into another culture, God. And uh, I pray for us and our teams as we go, God. I want to pray for safety. I pray that the environment will be a safe place so that the church can flourish. Um, I pray, Lord, for uh, your gospel to be spread 
I pray that we can link arms with the local missions and, and be a help to them, to the local churches and the local missions and local orphanages, God, that we will link arms together to present the name and fame of Jesus Christ. I want to thank you for Coastal Community Church. I want to thank you for their generosity in giving and in their generosity in prayer for these teens. And Lord, I just pray that uh, this will, will continue year in and year out to be a growing ministry, that we will get to be a part of making Jesus famous across the globe. Because that's our heartbeat, God. We join with you in that to make Christ famous in every tribe, tongue, and nation. Thank you for these teams. We pray your blessing upon them. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, team, thank you for going. Give these guys a round of applause. Be praying for them. You guys may be seated. Or you can stay up here. No, you guys can be seated. And, um, and so, Coastal, this is our offering time. And uh, if you're a guest with us, uh, we're not after your money. Uh, you're waiting for that sermon illustration. You don't get it this morning, though. Um, um, this is our offering time. If you're a guest with us, don't feel any obligation to give. Okay, this is our, our service. is our gift to you. I do want you to know that 10 cents of every dollar goes to missions outside of Coastal Community Church. So thank you for giving to that. If you have a prayer need this morning, um, our, mission, our prayer team will be up here. They're in the purple shirts. I tell you, no, they're here to minister to you during the service or even after the service. This service, on your way out, uh, make sure that you get one of these cards. Okay, I call these Reach 3 cards. Write those three names down. Put this in a place where you'll see it every day. Pray for the people that God placed on your heart this morning to pray for. Pray for them every single day, okay? Uh, and it's a great first step to watching God move. Uh, and what's, here's what's going to happen. Okay, he's going to move in your heart because you're going to be praying for them, and then you're going to run into them, and you're going to go, oh, I've been praying to talk to them about the things of the Lord. Uh, and that opportunity will come, okay? Uh, so, uh, ushers, would you come forward? And we're going to go out singing this morning, and uh, don't forget to be praying for our missions team. Joel, would you lead us in singing? <clears throat> Stand and sing with us. Yeah.